I don't ask anybody's question but yours. Is he in? He is! Dungey with another touchdown run! Because you're an idiot. It's not how tall, it's how long, and Warwick got a piece of that. And really, a disloyal person. And a few other things I could add, but I'll, I'm not going to. Ennis, two seconds. He'll get a shot off on the way. Got it! He hit it! He hit the shot! All right, wrapping up the regular season. It's come to a close. I mean, I can't believe how fast this season went by. We're already going to be getting into ACC tournament stuff next week. And we've already previewed it a little bit, but the the real deal, the bracket will be set in stone by the next time you listen to us here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. I'm Tyler Aki. I'm with Tim Leonard for this one. Tim, Miami, not a bad way to, to spend the first weekend in March, but yeah, no doubt. Syracuse, of course, wishes they were probably playing for a little bit more than just the five seed in the ACC tournament right now. So getting into this Miami team and... They just had a, a close battle with Virginia, one of the hottest teams in not just the, the conference, but the entire country right now. Yep. They they only lost by two, had a chance to win it, had multiple chances actually to win at the end of the game, chances to take the lead, what have you. But Virginia comes out on top of that one. Syracuse coming off their win against Boston College in much more impressive fashion than than Miami looked on, on Wednesday. But these are two teams, again, I mean, we like to talk about the matchups, and this looks like a, another one of those matchups that Syracuse really can exploit. Yeah, it's so weird because I feel like Cuse is so much better than the bottom tier of the ACC, yet they're so far off from the top tier of the ACC, and that just kind of comes down to talent. But once again, I'm a little surprised to see Ken Palm has Miami to lose by just one point in this game. They give them a 47% chance of winning, so 76-75 is the Ken Palm projection. I would say Syracuse. I haven't seen a line yet. Maybe we'll see one soon. I'd say they're big favorites here. I mean, maybe five or six-point favorites is what I would wager on and more, and I think it'll be even tighter based on that Ken Palm projection. So you might be able to get a good deal here on a Syracuse line. I know Miami played pretty well against Virginia, But, I mean, it was 46-44. That's such a classic Virginia score. It was at home. This is another road test for Syracuse where they can try to go to, I think it would be 7-3 and in conference play on the road. I mean, that's nuts if they could finish off the regular season with seven road wins, four home wins in ACC play. But I do think they will do it. I think this is a Miami team that just doesn't have as much talent. They don't pose a threat in the interior, which is always so important with Syracuse. And I do think Syracuse is playing – Maybe some of their better basketball of the season after what we saw against BC. Yeah, well, to give a little bit of props to the Ken Palm projections, they did predict Virginia to only win by two or three points back on Wednesday, and it ended up being a two-point game, so the computer had it pretty close. And once again, it's projecting a tight one here for Syracuse and and, uh, Miami. So, again, like you said, another road test for this team. And Miami's one of those teams that definitely has gotten better as the year's gone on. Of course, they you, you know about Chris Likes. You maybe know about Cameron McGussie. Those are two of their better players. But the one thing about this, this Miami team is that they've got a young group of guys coming off the bench in the backcourt in Harlem Beverly and, and Isaiah Wong 
that a lot of people are really high on yeah. for this Miami team moving down the stretch because of what those two guys bring and the fact that, okay, this backcourt might be set for a couple of years because we really like what those two guys can do for this team. And, the, I mean, Miami could be one of those up-and-coming teams. They're in a lull right now. They've been in a lull these past couple of years. But give it a year or two, and they might be right back to where they were when they were one of the better teams in the ACC. Yeah, I really do think they got hit very hard by the FBI stuff, which is obviously their fault. I mean, they were caught doing some shady stuff. And, I mean, there it wasn't that long ago they were really rebuilt this program with the Shane Larkin year where they won the ACC tournament and were a two-seed in the tournament. And, you know, it feels like a distant memory at this point when you look at this Miami team, 14 and 15 overall. But they've got a very good coach in Jim Laranega who – once he has the right pieces and can build up his team after these violations kind of subside, they'll be back. I do think they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent in the backcourt, and that means, once again, it's going to come down to three-point defense for Syracuse and whether they can finally find a way to stop three-point shooting from being a huge problem. Six of the last seven games now, the opponent has shot at 40% or better from beyond the arc. And Miami is not a great three-point shooting team. They they shoot under 32%, which is outside the top 240 in the entire country. But, but so did BC and seen, UNC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As we've seen in the these past couple of games, it doesn't matter what you shoot no. from, from three-point because when you're getting the looks that you like, and sometimes it's just your night, whether it's your play on your home floor or you just get into a nice little groove early on, that doesn't that number really doesn't mean anything next to the ranking. And... And you'll you'll see, because Syracuse is going to have to shore up that that three point defense. Another thing that, and again, that kind of plays this out like like Boston College and like Pitt, is the fact that this Miami team does not rebound the ball very well. No, they're they're not very big either. They're they're ranked 154th in the country in height, which for a Power Five team is very very low. And you just look on their team. You've got a seven-footer in Rodney Miller, but he he doesn't play a ton of minutes. Only a little over uh, twenty per game. And I mean, outside of that, the the next best you're going with guys who are six eight, and that's something that Syracuse could exploit because this is a Miami team that lets up a lot of offensive rebounds. And we saw Brahma Sidibe go on a little bit of a stretch where he was getting offensive boards and then just going right back up and going up strong with it. He had a couple of really strong sequences to close out that Boston College game in the second half. I think he finished with six offensive rebounds. Yeah. So, And we know what Garrier can do on the offensive glass as well. Dolajai can always cause some problems too. So there's going to be opportunities for Syracuse to get some offensive boards, get some second chance points, and put away this Miami team early. But you got to make sure you don't leave <laughs> the back door open and let up all these three pointers, which keeps them hanging around. I mean, Boston College, the the final score was a thirteen point game. It felt like much more than that for the entire game. I mean, was, there was stretches where Cuse was dominating up twenty twenty some odd points, and then you you let the team get hot at the end, and it looks much closer than it really was. I mean, they turned into the Houston Rockets at one point, so... Right. You bring up Gary. I, I think this could be a Gary game. We're kind of due for one. He has not been in double figures in the last five games, and Jim Beheim continues to be harsh on him in the post-game press conferences. Worked on Sidibe. 
It did. So I think we're kind of due for Gary A to find his rhythm in the first half, make some plays to the basket. This is a team he could exploit sort of his athleticism and size on. I I really look for him to have a good game and bounce back as we gear towards ACC tournament play. That'd be big. But this is a game they should win. They have a lot to play for, even though it's maybe not as much as you would like in Syracuse basketball standards. I know it really doesn't impact the NCAA tournament much. That's a foregone conclusion here unless you win the ACC tournament in my eyes. But you still are trying to get to that five seed and finish with your highest rating in ACC play since 2014. Yeah, and if you missed our ACC tournament conversation and kind of where Syracuse fits in, check out yesterday's podcast for all that. All right, coming up next, Dior Johnson getting on the Twitter machine and making some waves about who might his head coach be at Syracuse. That's coming up next on Locked on Syracuse. All right, so nothing good happens when when you open Twitter late at night, right, Tim? I think we've kind of learned that over the years of just watching social media develop into this unbelievable evil, but also a great thing yes. on uh, on this earth. And hey, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse for all the latest and greatest SU content. Okay, so Dior Johnson goes out on Twitter and quote tweets Matthew Gutierrez, a guy who, who he, I mean, talk about someone who, who Guti glowingly tweets about almost all the time yes. and it, it is Dior Johnson as he should. Dior doesn't follow Matthew Gutierrez but he does re- interact with a lot of his content so Goody tweets out that Jim Beheim quote about Tyus Battle's father calling Jerry McNamara and saying he sh- maybe should have stayed another year and Dior Johnson quote tweets it and says coach B keeps it a buck for show lol for all the old people out there that don't understand a <laughs> word of what that is, let us translate here. Basically saying Coach B likes to keep it real, always a straight shooter when it comes to all of that. So he gets a reply on the tweet, and I'm assuming it's got to be from a Syracuse fan who says, you're going to be a legend, can't wait to watch you play. You're going to be there for the transition from Jimmy, Jim Beheim, of course, to a new coach, you got to hold it down for us. And Dior at 2.07 Eastern Time. Now, granted, he does live in California, yes. so that is a little after 11 o'clock. But, hey, when I was a sophomore in high school, I was probably going to bed before 11 o'clock. Well, you weren't a celebrity, says, though. <laughs> I also wasn't. Yeah, I, I didn't have random people. I didn't have at Trips Shark hitting me up on the Twitter machine at, at 11 p.m. at night. No. So, but Dior says, think if you were the head coach. Would you really want to leave that specific year, in all caps, mm-hmm. think about it, with a couple of emojis tossed Interesting. In yeah. Maybe a little cryptic. Yeah. We've always said and maintained the stance that we don't think Dior is going to play for Jim Beheim. whether that means Jim Beheim is going to retire and go out with Buddy Beheim when he ultimately graduates, or whether it's... Dior Johnson is going to maybe dip out of his verbal commitment because of the potential changes that may arise with the NBA draft and the ability to potentially leave straight out of high school. So we've always been a firm believer that that match is not going to be one that ultimately ends up coming to fruition. We've kind of been under the impression that 
Dior Johnson, if he does play at Syracuse, it will be with a different coach. Now, maybe he's trying to cover up the tracks of the, the media circus that's also been dancing around that yeah, comment as bit. well and that line of thought, but I think it's pretty clear to me still, even despite this comment, that I don't think he's going to play for Jim Beheim. I've always kind of thought that, and, you know, I, I think Jerry McNamara, who was his main recruiter and was the main recruiter for Joe Girard and is the main recruiter for a lot of these guys in this 2022 class that is shaping up rather nicely with Dior already committed and trying to bring in some more, is maybe the likely replacement candidate to fill that vacancy once it is time. Now, I don't think we're really all that close to it. I think Jim, at the very least, will be there for Buddy's graduation, and he's obviously got two more years after this year. So then Buddy conveniently graduates right before Dior comes in. But the way that he said that specific year in all caps makes you think he might be – he's really confident that more recruits are coming, and I think he's maintained that stance for a while. I don't think he's just talking about himself there. I think he's talking about how – it's shaping up to be one of the best recruiting classes in recent memory for Syracuse with guys maybe like ever. Westry. Yeah, maybe ever. I mean, I mean, it really could be. It depends on if the one and done rule changes, and that's right. what's so kind of frustrating about this is Syracuse never really seems to get a one and done caliber player. They seem to get a lot of players that, although Malachi did leave, but I'm talking players that have been two years and then leave. Maybe a Tyler Lydon, maybe a battle after three years. And now they get a couple when they maybe can't even get the one year from them. And I'm we haven't gotten the commitment from Chance Westry, but I do feel like another one, whether it's Chance, whether it's Donovan Clinigan, I don't know who it will be. I feel like another one will come just based on the fact that Dior is so confident. Dior has those connections. And once you land one of those five stars, it just makes it a whole lot easier to get another. But long story short, I, I do think, Bayheim, this comment didn't change my mindset on that a little bit, although I was a little bit surprised to see it because, as we've talked about, he didn't mention Bayheim really at all in that article that he wrote. He mentioned that he, he has played not for mentioned Bayheim pretty much at all. Yeah, he doesn't follow Bayheim on Twitter. Now this is really yeah. getting into the weeds, but he follows the other assistant <laughs> he coaches. Every single assistant except for Jim Bayheim. Yeah, or and everyone on the coaching staff sans Bayheim, which is interesting to me. Right. Maybe that's us overreading it. Maybe it's, I mean, why would you really I will follow say Jim this, though. Beheim? He doesn't have. Beheim does not follow him. So I don't know if he's playing a little high school petty game here where it's like, <laughs> hey, listen, we follow for follow. And and the fact that Beheim doesn't follow him, maybe that influences his decision to not follow Beheim. So. Yeah. I don't know. I've always thought he's been a straight shooter with us. He's going to come to Syracuse if it's not the NBA. If it is the NBA and they change the role, he'll probably leave. So maybe have your guard up somewhat. But, I mean, at the very least, he's going to bring some national attention to this recruiting class and give this recruiting class some rewards, whether it's him that goes or he brings in another four or five star that stays. Yeah, I was going to say – He's going to have a lasting impact on Syracuse, whether he actually puts on a jersey or not for this Orange team. Because to me, it seems like one of those things where even if he does bolt and go to the NBA draft, say the rules change or or picks another path, he's going to make sure he left Syracuse in a better place than he found it. Whether he actually ends up playing or not, 
I think he's confident enough that, all right, I'm going to be able to get some guys where even if I do leave, there is going to be a, a potential for this team to do some great things and with some of the other guys that I helped bring in. So in a, in a sense, he's going to be a, a net positive, whether or not he actually wears the orange and white. I totally agree. I think this is just one of those things that you speculate about and we don't really have any insight to this. I I do feel like the past couple months have made me a little bit more confident that GMAC might be that guy waiting in the wings, and that's based on no insight. That's just based on kind of what he's been doing on the recruiting trail and his relationship with some of these guys that are set to come in maybe around the time that Jim Beheim might be leaving. But once again, this is all speculation. We're Looking at the guy's Twitter following for crying out loud. That's yeah. We're, we're trying to see Which if says more some than clues. you think sometimes. Yeah, too. sure. It does. I mean, and I do think the fact that he didn't put Jim Beheim in that article really at all. You know, usually that's one of the first things that comes out of these recruits' mouth. I mean, even with Darius Baisley, sore subject, but he was very quick to say, you know, Jim Beheim's a legend. That's why I came here. And as much as some fans might want to want to say, time for Beheim to go. That constant, that stability has been so key in getting recruits. And now this is sort of in a flux period where who knows what Dior thinks about who his coach will be. But I think he's in on Syracuse, and that's the important thing right now. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe the fact that he didn't put Bayheim is a good sign that maybe he will play for Syracuse one day. Since Baisley, of course, was so high to, yeah, to praise Jim Beheim. All right, when we come back, we're going to close out this preview show like we do with every preview show. It's the Prop Shop on Locked on Syracuse. Prop Shop time here on Locked on Syracuse. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. All right, so you can actually play along with us on Twitter as well. We post the props. We did it last game. And you can just go in and, and play your picks along with us. We tweet them out the day of the game, and you can uh, under that thread. We'd love to get some interaction with there. And if you you have any general questions, you're, you just want to reach out to the show, hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Okay, so last game, Tim, you were coming off a little bit of a heater. You, you went back to the mean. Yeah. You, you finish up with a one in three day. Although we do have to debate, is Bob Ryan a, a celebrity enough for us? Is he Boston? I mean, you've got the Boston ties to you. Is Bob Ryan Boston royalty? I think he is. I mean, it was not the guy. How do we define I... Boston celebrity, too? Because to me, I think you, the thing is, is if someone in the building is going to ask to take a picture with you, I think that's where you you draw the line. Yeah, so I don't think anyone did that for obvious reasons. Well, you never know. Maybe. Maybe, but like if he's just walking around the concourse, I bet one person does. Yeah, he's maybe around the horn, Bob Ryan. Right, he's 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 definitely got a large following in Boston. I also, I mean, he didn't stay for the, the, only, full the problem. Game, is no one from Boston think. was there? Yeah, right. <laughs> it was all Syracuse fans. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's Boston royalty by just a little bit, and it wasn't uh, what I was expecting. We were thinking athletes or. Just maybe like a Jimmy Fallon type again, a celebrity. And he is right. a celebrity, but not in the same sense. He's a media member, and that's what he was doing at the game. He wasn't just there to check it out. So that's why it makes yeah. it a little tough. But anyway, I think we can well, say he's, a, he's royalty. Yeah, he counts. Um, so 
when we look at the the quick roundup, Sidibe, nine and a half points. He sits right on that nine. And you hear Corey Alexander at the end of the game begging to get Sidibe back in to get right. that double-double. I think I think Corey Alexander was playing along with the prop shop. He may have <laughs> had that over nine and a half. Sidibe Maybe. fouls. He goes under. I stayed true to my word and said I would go under. Yeah. And he once again goes under that four and a half fouls that we said. We may have to bump that number down now. I know. This is wild. Boston College, three-point percentage, 39 and a half, and they go Sheesh. well over that, yeah. on, especially on the number of attempts that they took, too. So they they shatter that, and that could once again pose a problem on Saturday against Miami. Okay, let's get into this game's the final regular season prop shop of the year. All right, we'll start with Joe Girard. All right, we're going we're gonna to do a little bit of a, a combo here. His total points, rebounds, and assists, we're going to set it at 17 and a half. I'll take the over. I think he's due for a bounce back game. Chris Likes is a smaller guard that might be guarding him for a chunk of the game because if Likes is out there, you got to put him on someone. And I think Gerard is just too strong mentally to keep having these kind of lackluster games in a row. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. I think the matchup certainly favors Gerard because I mean how many times is Joe Gerard going to go out there and have a, a three four maybe even five inch ex- advantage on yeah, his side I mean, he's a smaller guard to start but you get that and and the thing with Gerard is he's strong too especially for for just being a freshman so yeah I, I'm with you I think Gerard also goes over because I think he could get some rebounds and definitely will be looking to I mean he could get over 17 and a half just on points alone he could. Too, so. Yeah, that's a pretty we'll, low number. We'll see. It's his average, yeah. but that's he's not been playing to it. So I guess it makes sense. Right. Miami. We're going to look at their three-point percentage once again because six of the last seven teams that Syracuse has faced have shot at least 40% from distance. We're going to set the number at 39.5 once again. Will Miami shoot over or under 39.5%? This is so pathetic that (laughs) this is the realistic over-under. And once again, they hit it, BC did. Nothing really tells me to pick the under here, but I am going to take it just because I do think the odds will regress to the mean at some point. I don't think they can go seven of the last eight. I mean, this has to be what they're working on all week in practice. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Also, I'm, I'm taking the under also because... Miami doesn't shoot a ton of threes either. Only about 36% of their field goal attempts are threes, which is outside the top 220 in the country. So they're not going to shoot a lot of threes. And because of that, I think, okay, yeah, they're not going to, especially if they do have to go volume, they're probably going to shoot under 40%. And watch Vasilovich too. He's that guy that could, you know, catch lightning in a bottle for them. Right, exactly. We're going back to the well, Tim. We're doing it. <laughs> Barama Sadibe's fouls at four and a half. So we're keeping it at four and a half. Not going to lower it even after we're this not, resurgence. Unless you want to lower it. No, I think four and a half is good. I'm really torn, though. I mean, in some regards, it feels like he's due to get back to that five. We know he's going to get at least three. I'm still going to take the over. I, I just All right. the numbers game say take the over, so I'm gonna keep riding it because the one time I take the under, he'll go over. Right. <laughs> I don't think there's enough interior presence for for Sidibe to to really fall out in this game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep riding the hot hand and ride that under 
All right, wow. it's been a winning ticket lately. So I'm going Sidibe under on the fouls once again. Jim Beheim and Jim Laranega. So much has been said about how how much they look alike. <laughs> so will the broadcast cut to a shot of Beheim and Laranega in a double box and yes, show so. how, and talk about how much <laughs> they look alike? So you say I, yes. I think so. I think they've done in the past. I mean. Why not do it again? Not that significant of a game for either side. Pretty wild now that the last two games of the year, it's only going to be coached by Jims in terms of Syracuse because you had Jim Christian for BC, mm. and then you got Jim Laranega against Jim Beheim today, and they do look very similar, so I think they'll do it. It's like Jeff Jeopardy, except Jims. Yeah. So I'm also going to go – with the yes here, because again, the, this game largely meaningless. The the highest stakes are for the five seed in the ACC. So yes, uh, especially if this does enter blowout territory at some point, which the projections don't think it will, but who knows? It might. Last one. We saw it come off last time. Jim Beheim's jacket. Will it make an appearance off of his body? So I think I'm going to hedge the 40% a little bit because... <laughs> You see what I'm doing? Because I think well done, yeah. The only way that the jacket comes off is three point shooting defense, and I think at some point, maybe early on, Gerard's just not going to get out, or Beheim's not going to get out, and the jacket's going to come off. So even though the odds say he won't take it off again and make it back to back games, I'm going to hedge this one a little bit. I'm going to say it comes off. All right, yeah. I mean, Chris likes. You never know. I mean, he he does shoot the ball well from three. So, yeah, they have some shooters. Uh, they do have some shooters. So there's definitely guys to, to look out for between McGusty, Likes, and, and DJ Vasilovich. So be on the lookout for that. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. The jacket stays on. All right. Uh, you're in. You're in Miami. Like you're just kind of relaxed. <laughs> a little bit better weather than than it is up in Syracuse. So I'm gonna go with the jacket stays on. All right. That's gonna do it for the prop shop here. Unlocked on Syracuse. Play along with us when we post it on Saturday. You know what? We might even throw it out later on today on this Friday. Okay, that's going to do it for Tim Leonard. I'm Tyler Aki. Syracuse and Miami. Tomorrow, Orange win. They're the five seed in the ACC tournament. We'll break it all down for you next week on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. Talk soon.